Every year, this church, along with hundreds of other Unitarian Universalist churches around the world, celebrates the Flower Communion. How did this custom begin? Whose idea was it? Today I want to tell you something about its origins. Did you know that children played a crucial role? Here's what happened. About 100 years ago, two young adults met in uh, New York area and fell in love, Norbert and Maya Chopek. They were both from Czechoslovakia, but they were living in the USA. Norbert had been a Baptist minister back home, but had left both Eastern Europe and the ministry and was working on a PhD. His wife had suddenly died, and he was a single father with, get this, eight children. He met Maya, who was the head of the Czech division at the New York Public Library, and they quickly fell in love. They got married. They bought a house in East, in Orange, New Jersey. And they would send their children to Sunday school all over Orange and Montclair every Sunday. And after hearing about the Unitarian Sunday school, they decided to check it out. And they were very taken. It was a different kind of church. And before long, they went and met the president of the American Unitarian Association, Sam Elliott. And he, he was excited about Chopek, and he said, sure. With his blessing, they went back to Prague and uh, tried to start a liberal congregation there. And they did, and it flourished. Uh, this is, you know, in the war, years immediately after World War One. And um, the heavy-handed Roman Catholicism of the era was just over. And, um, but there were some people who were interested in a liberal church, including the liberal democratically elected Czechoslovak president, Thomas Masarek, who was actually, it was his wife who joined. And she was, you know, she was kind of like Jackie Kennedy. She was very popular and... Uh, what an influencer. Um, anyway, the church they established it was pretty secular. They had no churchy language and uh, that kind of thing. Services were presentations. Robes were abandoned. Hymns were eliminated. But that didn't work too well either. It was Everybody agreed it was too devoid of emotion. It was colorless. So they started singing and adding other liturgical elements, and the place grew into a megachurch with over 3,000 members, and all in about four years. Reverend Chopek soon discovered what all UU ministers learn. It's hard to get everybody creatively and collectively engaged when you don't have a shared ritual uh, and a shared ritual life. Many of his members had positive experiences of the Eucharist, but others did not. There were a lot of Jewish members who, were, who had been raised Jewish, and they rejected the Eucharist altogether. So how do you craft a ritual that incorporated everyone and successfully got everybody reconnected and strengthened and empowered to care for each other? And his answer was the flower ceremony. He asked people to bring a flower from their garden or, that, or by the roadside, and then he would ask others to make a mad dash bouquet and later at the at 
not immediately, but at the end of the service, folks would be invited to take another flower that appealed to them home. In the late 30s, Maria Chapek was here in the United States raising money when the Second World War suddenly broke out. And um, so she was in Massachusetts. She introduced the flower communion to the first parish church in Cambridge in 1940, and it's grown in popularity among UU congregations ever since. Um, but meanwhile, World War II was coming along. By the late 30s, uh, Czechoslovakia had been uh, incorporated into the German Reich. Chopek was quickly uh, a thorn in their side. He frustrated and vexed the Nazi authorities. And when Gestapo agents and jackboots came knocking on his door one night, he welcomed them and offered them tea. Please have a seat. And struck by his poise, they meekly accepted and then left. But he was again arrested a few nights later. He was told if he would apologize, they would uh, let him go. And he said, forget it. They should apologize to me. And they sent him to Dachau, where a year later he died. But he inspired many others with his warmth and charm and his courage. Even, you know, I don't know, I remember reading that Henri Matisse, the Impressionist French painter, had said somewhere, there are always flowers for those who want to see them, even in Dachau. And uh, they found them and they had a little flower communion, and it brought great strength and hope to all who participated. Anyway, why do you think uh, this rite is so popular? Well, here's what I think. I've been conducting it for years. The church I grew up in did it. I think that the Chapeks understood our faith really well deeply, and they designed the perfect ritual. For a congregation is made up of many types of people, anyway, a UU congregation is, many varieties of bloom, some effusive, some taciturn, some stand out right away, others take time to notice or fully appreciate. Some are bold and dramatic, others subtle, complex. And a healthy church has every type with room for every kind of person. Whenever flowers are contributed for our services, someone, this morning Ann Carlstrom and Carolyn Reed, lovingly arranged them for all of our enjoyment. And also the displays of art in the foyer. I've, like the work, beautiful work of Barbara Van Dyke, one of our members, it's now on display in the uh, foyer. Um, I've enjoyed these so much over the course of my stay with you. Now, this morning, I challenged our florists to quickly throw all the contributions together and to do it quickly. <laughs> it's an apt metaphor for UU communities everywhere, made up of people who will join one day and often within a couple of years, our congregational, maybe even denominational leaders like the Chopeks themselves. All the gifts of all our members are of value. Whenever Dr. Chopek conducted his flower communion in Prague, he would repeat what he called the following proverb as he um, 
consecrated the flowers, um, which you are invited to do, all of you. Um, it's number 724 in the gray hymnal, and it's written also in the chat, and Eric will lead us in this proverb, this uh, consecration. Let us read this together, number 724, in the gray hymnal, Consecration of the Flowers. Infinite spirit of life, we ask thy blessing on these, thy messengers of fellowship and love. May they remind us, amid diversities of knowledge and of gifts, to be one in desire and affection and devotion to thy holy will. May they also remind us of the value of comradeship, of doing and sharing alike. May we cherish friendship as one of thy most precious gifts. May we not let awareness of another's talents discourage us or sully our relationship but may we realize that whatever we can do, great or small, the efforts of all of us are needed to do thy work in this world. He went on with the blessing in kind of the same terms and blessed the flowers and blessed the congregation that they can bloom in their own beautiful, inimitable way. This morning we consider ESUC as a garden, kind of an English garden, for sure, jambled and haphazard and kind of wild. Ne nevertheless, there's room for all kinds of flowers and for all kinds of people in this garden, even you, even me. The lay leaders of this congregation, I will be honest, are not perfect people. But they are good people, trying hard to live up to our Unitarian Universalist principles and our church covenant and doing the best they can. I admire them and I respect every one of them. The budget you raised, the board nominating and search committee members that you elected and charged, these are all the products of hard and generous collective efforts. The choirs and other musicians' efforts come forth in the song. The board's efforts come forth in the agenda you quickly and graciously will, no doubt, plow through and vote upon next Sunday. Less melodious, perhaps, but every bit as important to the life of this congregation as the music program or meals shared together at potlucks and auction-sponsored social events. Other wonderful contributions include our religious education teachers and volunteers, those who have facilitated covenant circles, this year's call of a settled minister, the beloved conversations you've been engaged in for three-plus years now dismantling white supremacy culture. Let us this morning celebrate 
what you've got going here and the contributions of those who make it all possible. So we're going to celebrate very simply. We're going to go hip, hip, hooray. So I'm going to go one, two, three, ready. Hip, hip, hooray! Well, that was kind of celebratory. I mean, kind of. Let's try to make it really a real celebration. Hit, hit, hooray! <laughs> and just as we celebrate today's flower communion, rejoicing in the cockamamie melange, that is us, flowers of every type seemingly thrown together on the slapdash, and yet the whole strangely resilient and remarkably beautiful each individual blossom wonderful by itself and yet even more lovely the bouquet as a whole made up of flowers of every type all different and yet all in harmony unity amidst great diversity may it be may it ever be and may you all be part of it the, our best part today and every day thereafter for years to come. Amen. This is my wish and my blessing upon all of you. Thank you and amen.